0: However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. I've titled this message, Reflections on 2020, A Year Like No Other. Reflections on 2020, A Year Like No Other. What I want to do tonight is just think back over the year. I think it's really good to do that in general, just every once in a while just reflect on life, reflect on what did God do there? But 2020 was different. And so I think with everything that happened in one calendar year, and we just literally this week was the one-year anniversary of the pandemic becoming an official pandemic globally, and so much happened last year. It's really worth processing. And so we've been, you know, it's been a couple months and I've mulled through like, Lord, what happened? That was a crazy year. And we're still feeling the effects. We're There's still like reverberations, kind of like when you throw a rock in the water and it just kind of, you know, like the, the concentric circles keep going. It kind of still feels like that, like we're still on the outer edge of, Everything that happened, but I want to talk a little bit about it tonight and and just ask questions for your further thought and uh, mainly just want to plug that it's really good to go through something and then check back on like what what was that Lord, what were you doing there? what happened and did I become more like Jesus like what? kind of measure ourselves is really what I'm getting at. So let me pray here, and then we'll dive right in. So Father, as we approach uh, the subject tonight of reflecting on last year, Lord, I simply ask that you would give us your perspective, your heart. Lord, we know there are no accidents. You are sovereign over the, the events Of the earth. You are sovereign over the political narratives, over technology, over sickness, over everything that's transpiring. And so we we lift our eyes to you tonight and we ask that you would teach us by your Holy Spirit through your word and just uh, use me as a vessel to connect us to the heart of Jesus through this uh, time of teaching. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. amen, amen. That was kind of like a yawn. Amen. <laughs> I like, I like it when you uh, chime in, Curtis. Hallelujah. Okay, so I just kind of touched on the introduction there. I really am uh, not going to read all that, but just want us to think biblically. I want us to, um, you know, basically head in the right direction as as disciples of Jesus, like okay, what happened, how did we respond, and help us to, you know, if we didn't respond well, help us to start responding right. And what I've written here is essentially that 2020 was almost what I would call a dividing line. There were so many issues where it was like the Lord just drew a line, and it was like, okay, I'm going to make it very clear. There's a, almost like a line of demarcation, and there's going to be all these things happening in, in one condensed year. And how did you respond? Are you on the right side of the dividing line, or are you on the wrong side of the dividing line? Because over here is how Jesus would respond, and over here is how he would not respond, how the enemy would respond. And, and so as we look through these, my hope is that, okay, What? Where were we? Were we leaning toward what Jesus did, or we leaning toward? Ooh, I need to grow there. You know uh, what? What uh, happened uh, last year that was uh, you know caught huge national and international attention was the death of George Floyd. That was one of the huge issues of 2020, and it's still being talked about today because the trial is going on right now for the officer that uh, leaned, uh, put his knee down on George Floyd. And just the picture of it and the video of it went viral, and it, and it began this narrative in our country and around the world that I think we needed to have again, which was the, the, the conversation about race and, and so that's my, my first area of reflection that I think we can't just move on from like nothing happened. <laughs> I want to ask, has your heart through 2020 and through that specific issue of the George Floyd death and uh, everything that happened and all the media attention, were you able to hear what God was saying through that? Were you able to go, okay, I hear what the media is saying, all that, but God, what were you saying? Has your heart been tenderized toward our black brothers and sisters? That's the question I want to begin with tonight because the I think one of the most important things that surfaced in 2020 was the issue of race. And I don't think we have to... You know, it, obviously in the history of our country, we've got our issues and we've got our racial issues. I, I don't really mean to make a historical point. I don't, mean, I don't mean to make a partisan point. I simply want to ask the question, as that erupted and many African Americans began to speak up on social media or the news or right here in our community, did we listen with an open heart did we grow in understanding because you know whether you're white or you're brown or you're black or you're you consider yourself red native american or whatever you consider yourself we all have different life experiences and and there was this huge opportunity to learn from one another and to be receptive to specifically what the black community was trying to say. And so I just want to throw that out there. Did you and did we take advantage of the opportunity to listen with an open and teachable and receptive posture? We had uh, my good friend, Pastor William Preston, come out uh, months ago, and and I just said, you know, just share your heart, Pastor William. And man, he just preached oh, such a great night, that that sermon's on our website, but he said something that stuck with me, and I think about often, which is, uh, I can't exactly quote what he said, I'm not that eloquent, but but the nutshell version is, you know, there are a lot of our uh, black brothers and sisters who have a lot of pain. And they don't just go around looking for, you know, uh, and, you know, Brother Curtis, chime in if you want to here. Uh, you know, they don't just go around looking for opportunities to loot and do violent things. But there was this flashpoint. And so a lot of stuffed down pain started to get expressed. And that was an opportunity to listen. That was an opportunity. Some people looked at that and go, I condemn the violence and I condemn the looting. Yeah, no one believes that's right but there's also a message in there that we need to hear. There's some pain about how black Americans have been treated by the police, in the church, in society, historically, and could we just listen? You know, I think that's the point. Did you listen? Did you grow? Is your heart more open and tender I hope we all have grown in this regard. And I hope, you know, no one that I know wakes up in the morning and says says to themselves, I want to be completely racist today. Like, I don't know that person. But we all have unperceived biases. We all have low-grade stereotypes. And we all have different, uh, you know, things going on within us. Can can we let God challenge some of those? I hope I hope we have let him do that. Because here's the thing the church is not just white people or brown people or black people or red. The church is every one of the skin colors, every one of the races, every one of the tribes in the tongues. That's the church. Whoever came up with that that Jesus is white and the church is white is gravely mistaken. You know, I tend to think of it this way because just by population, we know that there's going to be a ton of Chinese in heaven. So I think he must favor Asia. (laughs) But there's such beauty Uh, that that was supposed to be a little bit silly there. But the reality is, when we get to heaven, white people are going to be a serious minority. I mean, I'm talking about white Americans. There is going to be a vast amount of Hispanic and Asian and black, African, uh, black American. And, you know, there, there's going to be all the different skin colors, all the races, all the different tribes and tongues. And if, if you don't like that, you need to start to like that because that's how heaven's going to be. Jesus is going to be there. We're going to have a perfect body and all the different shades Here's the thing, guys and gals. There is a beauty to every different kind of pigmentation of the skin. That's what God made it that way. He he, he decided, I don't want them to all be the same. I want there to be diversity. And so I created this spectrum of color because I think it's beautiful. And we need to think it's beautiful. I don't think we need to, you know, some people are like, well, I don't see any color. Well, no, I think if you open your eyes, there's different colors. And God wanted it that way. There's a beauty in the different eye types and hair types and skin types and height and all. He created it all because to him it's beautiful and we should think it's beautiful. So this issue of race, may we let God speak to us even even. To now, I mean, it surfaced in 2020, but we need to process it. We need to think through it, and I, I just, I think, I think what some Christians did was they argued, "Well, white lives matter too, and all lives matter." No, no, you're missing the point. Let them talk. This is a moment for our African American brothers and sisters to talk and share their perspective and their history, and we get to listen and go to school. Can you do that? And so I hope we did. If we didn't, let's repent and say, Lord, what is wrong? I got to. We're not white people. Aren't the center of the universe? I mean, white people aren't like God's favorites. And so we have to. We have to orient ourselves to truth and reality. We're all equal in God's eyes. Male, female, white, black, brown, black. Uh, old, young, child—we're equal in the eyes of God, and we have to. We have to remind ourselves of that, and we have to be okay with the Lord challenging our deep, unperceived racial biases at times. Man, I just—I just think of God at the beginning of creation, thinking, "I want to make this mankind and, and womankind, and I and I want to." I want to have all kinds of diversity and so I'm going to give them different skin and different eyes and different hair color and all these things. Even the blood, they're going to have the same color blood, but it's going to be different types of blood. And there was just so much beauty in how he created us and may we not miss that. I I think, you know, Hannah and James, you're going to be married in no time. And I, I just, I think there's such a beauty when there's an interracial marriage and i have friends that you know are are in, i don't even like to categorize it because to me it's just normal <laughs> you know what i mean but it's the reality is it's interracial and i just think there's a beauty to it and i think it just is in and of itself a message to others that that we're different but we love each other and i i i, I just think it's so cool so keep going <laughs> what's the big day again Oh, it's coming quick. Okay, all right. We're keeping you in prayer almost every night. Coming quick, okay. Now that's, I wanted to just spend some time there, so that was about half the time I'm gonna to share tonight. I just really wanna make sure we didn't just go like, well, I'm glad that's over with. I hope the Lord doesn't bring that up again. No, no, that was a really major issue that the Lord highlighted. That It wasn't just like something the mainstream media brought up. God brought that up. And he says, America, I want you to reckon with this. There is something deeply flawed in your thinking if you're not listening to someone because of their skin color. This is really wrong. And man, I want a house of prayer with every skin color, every, you know, men, women, and child. I want every type of person here that loves Jesus. And if you don't love Jesus, we'll help you get there. But man, I don't want just something that's just vanilla. I don't want something that's just plain. I want the, you know, the like when you go to get ice cream, I want the twist, I want all the different kinds, I want sprinkles on it, I want everything. Because to me that's the best. We want a a multiracial, multi-ethnic, multi- just diverse like where people can just look at that community and say, Jesus just must be Lord of that community because there's so many different kinds of people. Now some of my favorite churches that I've been to just over time are international churches where there's just so many countries, you just stand there and you're like, this must be what heaven's like because the only person that could do this is Jesus. And I just, I hope that the future of the GP Hop and that the future of the church here in central Illinois and around the world is more and more the different, you know, diverse nations and races and tongues worshiping together. Man, it's cool when you're in a service and you hear people just in totally different languages is going nuts. You're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. So, the, the first area of reflection was the issue of race. The second issue is the issue of the Great Commission. Have you, the Great Commission is to make disciples. Matthew 28. So the issue of the Great Commission, have we, you know, considering what happened last year, have we become more energized about discipleship, making disciples, pouring into others, or have we become more entrenched in partisanship? Excuse me. So most of 2020, there was political campaigning, there was the presidential election. As the year went on, as we get closer and closer to the election, the rhetoric in the media, the rhetoric on social media gets more and more toxic, as to be expected. We don't have to join in that, but so many did. Man, I think of the period of time between the general election and when Biden was sworn in. That was the most toxic period of time I think I've experienced in my whole life. Just watching the people storm into the Capitol and they literally, like our House of Representatives and the, and the people that were supposed to be there running for their life, and then you've got pseudo Christian, hyper political insurgents that are like praying in the name of Jesus while like threatening to kill people. And it's like, what is happening? This is not Christianity at all. Like, what? And what happened, I began to realize through the, as the year escalated and as we got into that. That period of time between, the, you know, when Biden was elected in the general election to when he was sworn in, that time period, specifically, I, I've never seen anything like it. There, there became, like, it, it just came to the surface, it became clear to me, there is a lot of Christians that think that's okay. And I was just shocked. They really genuinely thought they were going to take over the country and put Trump back in and they were prophesying it they were saying all these wacky things and I just I it's painful to even talk about it that that there are Christians who thought that was the will of God and it just it 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 touched me because I was like, wow we got work to do we need to raise up disciples of jesus christ not disciples of a political party okay it's it's really important to be involved politically but not be obsessed politically does you know what i'm saying like we can vote our conscience and really be solid believers I look back on 2020, and I am burdened to pour into people more, to dig into the Word more so that I can give clear biblical insight to people, so that I can steer people in the right direction. I've read many articles about the people who were at the insurgency, who, I mean, a lot of them church-going people who just started to get way off over time I've read articles where pastors were pleading with these people you're way off you need to get back into mainstream orthodoxy you're getting off into a dangerous direction don't go to the Capitol." pastors pleading with people in their flock this is wrong this Trump isn't the messiah is is the election wasn't fixed it's just we have we have a president a new one just accept it but just many Christians couldn't do that they they had to and and the the root of it is they'd become so partisan that they're just they're they're nowhere on the spectrum of thinking correctly about what's really truly important and that is something like the great commission to be a follower of Jesus who makes other followers of Jesus that's what discipleship is we live it and we help others to live it now it's okay to have political thoughts on things I mean but here's the thing that I don't think a lot of a lot of white Christians don't understand black Christians they don't talk and so they look at the election as well I thought Trump was supposed to be president well, nope. A whole ton of really faithful Black Christians voted for Biden. Now they think it's great now that he's in. And if you just talk to one another, you'd see that. It, it, there you just the the thought that one president's going to it's just we we vote our conscience. And a lot of white folks and black folks voted for Trump. And a lot of white folks and black votes uh, folks voted for Biden. And, and the fact is, now God put Biden in there and we pray for Biden. That's just that's just reality. We had a night where someone came once and they were just bound and determined to pray so that Trump would stay in office. And you know what? It's okay to pray based on what you know. But once it's a done deal, you just accept it. It's reality. I hope that helps. My role as a leader is to be faithful to God and scripture. And I have seen people get so off base this year. They are so far out in a tangent because they're trying to they're trying to be, you know, they're 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 so over in one side of a political aisle that they've, they've departed from the main and plain mission of the church. I would urge if you're listening through Facebook or through the recording tonight or here in this room, let Jesus be your obsession. Let things like the Great Commission and making disciples be your life vision. Yes, go vote. Yes, have, have a political thought process But unless you're called to be president or serve in the Senate or the House or governor or mayor, just be faithful in your job, be faithful in what God's called you to. I see, I've seen too many people become so toxic in their ranting about stuff. It's like, well, if you really cared, go fix it. Like, who's stopping you? Like being mean, posting mean stuff all day on Facebook or, or, you know, it's just, I don't get that. That was a very important issue that surfaced in 2020. Let's go to number three. Number three is the issue of compassion. When the COVID-19 pandemic, I mean, it's the one-year anniversary, I think, this week, when they officially said this is a global pandemic. It's been officially a year now. But a year later, probably everybody here knows the figure. Does anybody know how many people have died just in America to covid Five over, it's like 530,000 people have died. Not just gotten it, died of it. So over a half a million people in just America, I mean, it's millions worldwide. I've seen so many people go like, well, it's not that many. I'm like, do you hear yourself? A number with five zeros behind it that many people died we okay so i'm i'm getting worked up here at this point because these were all like i i'm i'm just trying to be faithful to the lord and sharing this but i almost can't believe what i've heard in the last year well only the elderly are getting covid what are you talking about these are real people like what what oh just the nursing homes what like That would be like saying, well, just babies are dying or just kids are dying. like, do you not? It's like, I don't think people hear themselves when they say things like this. We have gone through in the last year something that has killed a half million people. That figure is supposed to literally devastate us. Like, that, that is a number. Well, Derek, hundreds of thousands of people die every year. Okay, okay, right. But COVID is in addition. I mean, so let's just pretend COVID didn't happen. Th- those 500,000 people would be here. Well, they would have died to something. How, what, what? What are you even talking about? Like, maybe. <laughs> like, I just, the ways that we justify Everything. The Lord is saying, hey, 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 ooh, settle down. A global pandemic happened. Half a million people in your country died. Don't you think maybe you should show some empathy? Don't you think maybe it should touch your heart a little? I I would like to say this. As a leader of a house of prayer, I always get people emailing me, texting me, constantly. Hey, will you pray for me? Hey, will this or that? It has exploded this past year it has exploded people from different states people from different countries i know you pray will you please pray for me this is going on it's really bad we i've seen people survive it i've seen people die of it it's just been very devastating for a lot of people and yet there are many christians who are like i don't even care i just don't even think it's real what what are you kidding me I think what the Lord wants us to, to, to do is, I think he wants our heart to be tender and compassionate like his. We see in the ministry of Jesus, often it would say Jesus was moved with compassion and then he'd heal people. Or he was moved with compassion and then he'd multiply food because they were hungry and weary. Those are the things that marked. Love you, brother, I'll see you. No, I will, man. Those are the things that marked the ministry of Jesus. Blessings. Have we become more genuinely compassionate in the last year, or are we more insensitive? Are we more insensitive to the pain of others? Now, here's the thing. If 500,000 people have died, that means millions have had a family member die or a friend the 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 ripple effect of five hundred thousand deaths that's someone 's dad, so now someone 's fatherless or they're motherless or parents they don 't have a kid the, the, There are millions of Americans that are grieving they They look back on last year and they go, "That was so devastating. I lost my dad or I lost my cousin or I lost grandma." I've talked to so many people that have lost somebody. It's unreal. Can we not show compassion and empathy? Like, it just, like, it makes me want to weep, but then I want to weep for the people who think it's no big deal. It's like, what? Is your heart like pure stone? Like, how can, how can, how can 500,000 people die and you're like, well, it was old people? What? <laughs> Do you, like, are you even saved? Like, are you genuinely not saved? I can't believe you're even talking like that. And so I want to challenge people, like, what side of the dividing line are you on on the issue of race, on the issue of the Great Commission, on the issue of being compassionate? Can you not show compassion? I've seen many of my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, they've argued for a year about masks. They've argued for a year about vaccinations, and it's like, man, it's saving people's lives, man. Like, what are you talking about? Let's go down to number four the issue of truth. Have we grown more deeply in love with biblical truth in the last year? There has been an utter explosion of conspiracies, of misinformation, of disinformation. Man, I remember when the pandemic started, it was like a day later, man, there was a video to just debunk everything. And it was like, okay, people, now here, let's remember, just because someone's on YouTube doesn't mean they're an authority on a subject. Or just because they get on Facebook Live doesn't mean they have any idea what they're talking about. Okay, there was just so much stuff out there. Which side of the dividing line did we end up on? Were we sharing conspiracies, misinformation, just dis- like, or were we growing more in love with God and his truth? Man, I heard people saying stuff like, we don't need the Bible, we got this conspiracy. I'm like, you're so confused, you're just gonna be irrelevant. The, 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 the thing is, it's only gonna get more confusing, Friends. It's only going to get weirder, but the church is going to be rooted in truth. We're going to know the Bible, and we're going to have clarity. We're not going to know everything. We're not going to be experts on every subject out there, but we're going to be able to go, eh, that's off, because we'll have discernment. If we're in the Word, if we're reading the truth, if we're living honestly, if we're living a life like Jesus called us to live, we're gonna be able to tell, that's a lie, that's not true. And so go deep in the word, go deep in the truth. Again, which side of the dividing line did you land in the last year? Were you swept up in all the false presidential predictions? Were you swept up in false prophecies? Were you swept up in COVID-19 conspiracies, et cetera, et cetera? Or were you just like, no no thanks. I'm going to go with Jesus and the word and I'm going to stay in reality. Friends, we were, I don't mean to make fun of anybody, honestly, but I got to preach the truth and the truth does hurt sometimes. It wounds us so that it can kind of open up the wound and clean out the inside and heal us deeply. That's what the sword of the word does. But there were people literally a month after Biden was sworn in still believed Trump was going to be president. I mean, many people that I know and love. And I, and I just, I, I was like, "What? there's no hope. If like you're not even going to live in reality. Like, let's just go, like, I just, anyway. At some point, as Christians, we have to acknowledge what's true and real. And we got we to gotta part with all this stuff. And some people, their issue is you know, like greed. Some people's issue is anger, but what I'm learning is a lot of people are super deep in conspiracies, and it's they don't think it's sinful. They look at it like, well, it's just my thing. No, you're completely confused, and then you're confusing people, and you're drawing people away from God, because five minutes in the Bible, you'd see everything that's about is totally wrong. I mean, just for for us in here this room there were people who were genuinely convinced people i know and love that when if they were to get a vaccine it would have the mark of the beast and a microchip in it they would make them a worshiper of satan i'm like well, how do you even do what <laughs> anyway so there's some stuff out there well i heard it on youtube just because it's on youtube doesn't mean it's right you just gotta anyway we we have to we have to disciple a generation to realize what's in the Bible is reliable. What's on YouTube, you got to use discernment. I've got kids, you know, Caleb, my oldest, I love, you know, he's starting to get interested in just learning about everything. And so he goes to YouTube. We we couldn't do that as kids. We didn't have it. And so we're teaching, we're, we're I mean, we're discussing like, hey, just so you know, there's these kinds of people out there. Some people are really into Jesus and the Bible and others are into weird stuff. And you just got to you know, talk through what you don't understand. And so we're just, again, as, as teachers and adults, we want to mold people, here's how to think, not, not here's everything you should think, but, but here's a framework for evaluating things. That's what we want people to do. And, and so that's something we're dealing with as a family, and it's something that we have to, as, as Christian communities, as churches, we have to help people say, so here's a framework If it's wrong, if it's a lie, if it's a conspiracy, if it's misinformation, if it's disinformation, reject it completely. There may be somewhere in there where there's like a grain of truth. Take that out, put it over here, study that, and then learn to just throw everything else away. That's how we do life. Real quickly, there's a few honorable mentions that I'm just gonna blitz through real quick. These are other minor things that I think kind of came up that I think the Lord wants us to think about as individuals, but one of them is financial stewardship. Last year, things got, you know, jobs were lost and, you know, finances got, but were you faithful to give to the Lord? Did you, did, were, were you kind of like, well, I'm afraid, so I'm going to do, I'm not going to, whether we're in surplus or whether we're in austerity, we have to be faithful in our in our being generous to the lord. And so however that you know connects in your life just where are you at on that? We can't live in fear. Mandy and I have made a commitment whether we have a lot or little we're going to be generous. And we have our percentages figured out as a family. I would never tell anybody to do what we do. Everybody's got to give whatever percentage they feel is right. But I think the New Testament very clearly teaches that people of faith should be generous whatever you think that is be faithful to that but never come back in fear going well the economy's doing this and that and i don't know no no we we are christians and we live uh, in a different economy <laughs> god takes care of us i mean we live in this economy it's real but we have a good father and he can help us and so talk to the Lord about that. Also, marriage and family life is an important one. A lot of people said, well, I've been, I've been at home more and I can't stand my spouse or my kids. Well, wait a second, that not so quick. Like if you can't stand your family, why, we need to work on that. And so, you know, I've seen articles and I've heard therapists' opinions, how the pandemic has been so hard because people had more time together. And I'm like, shouldn't that be a good thing? Like, don't, aren't families supposed to love each other? And Now, I get it. When you're around each other all day, it can get really intense. But I think the Lord put us at home more so we could deal with some of this stuff so that we could have deeper love for one another. So talk to the Lord about that. Also, prayer and personal devotion. A lot of time at home, did you get into prayer? Did you get into devotion? Or did, were you like, eh, I'm just going to def- uh, binge on Netflix? okay, that's fun for a Saturday, but don't do it every day of your life. So I think the Lord wants to, you know, kind of say, okay, there was a dividing line. I, I, okay, where are you on the right? Are you leaning the right way? Kind of leaning the wrong way? Let me talk to you about that so I can get you going in the right direction. I've gone way, way long here. But those are some important areas of reflection. What we're gonna do right now is we're just gonna take a moment to pray together and I uh, would just encourage you, if you're still on Facebook, just take a moment as we close here. Talk to the Lord about anything he's highlighted here. And uh, I encourage you just to go through these notes when you have some free time. Just pray through them. And uh, so that's reflections on 2020, a year like no other. Let me close in prayer, and then we will tune out. Heavenly Father, I believe that you did some very deep things in 2020. You've highlighted some areas where we needed needed perspective. Lord, you tested us as a nation, as individuals. You tested our hearts, and we want to pass. We don't want to fail every test you give us, Lord. We want to pass those tests. So God, wherever we're at on the dividing line, I pray that we in every area, whether it's the issue of race or the Great Commission or the issue of compassion or the issue of truth or some of the others I mentioned, Lord, I pray that we would begin to get right with you in these areas and begin to move in the right direction on the right side of that dividing line toward Christ. Lord, I pray that you'd bless all who have tuned in tonight and I pray for fresh encouragement fresh blessing on each and every one of them i pray that their weekend would be full of your presence and their next week as well and i pray all of these things in the mighty name of jesus amen for more messages like this one please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings if you found this free material helpful in your walk with god Please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org/donate. That's gphop.org/donate. Thank you and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.